Hey y'all, hey, and happy Monday to you all. Um, I hope everyone is having a good night so far and that everyone had a good weekend. I just want to send a quick birthday shout out to all the July birthdays, okay? So, um, and June birthdays. Happy belated birthday to the June birthdays, and then happy belated birthday to anyone who's already had a birthday in July, and happy birthday, prayerfully ahead of time, that you make it to have another birthday. I was just speaking with someone else recently, and I said, you know, it's always a blessing to be alive at every single birthday. But I, it seems that any birthday that you can still celebrate <laughs> in the year 2020 is definitely like, I don't know, I guess it is just way more reason to be grateful, you know, with everything that's going on. So, again, just sending a little birthday love to the birthdays. And then I just, again, want to thank you all so much for tuning in again another Monday. Okay, so I decided to do something a little different this segment. Well, first, let me say congratulations to the three sisters of Pleasant Tees LLC. They were our winner for the month of May for the Lex in the City Show giveaway. And then I also want to send a shout out to Kiera Lombre. And she's actually the owner of Lab House Studios Photography. And so she's actually the winner for the month of June as well. So, um, again, still doing the giveaways. For those who, you know, engage with the Lex and the City Show pages, so that's Lex and the City Show underscore podcast on Instagram, Lex and the City Show on Facebook, and then also I give out cool um a clue word um ever so often on the segments, and if you actually submit that word, then you actually get entered in twice to the drawing already. Um, and then of course if you're a person who also follows the page on Instagram, then that's just more entries for you. And then I'd still go back and calculate, you know, everything. And I try to do it based on fairness because I try not to have people that's repeatedly, you know, that's winning back-to-back months. So if you won the month before, you could have won the next month. But what I'll do is just probably go back to the person who actually showed the most engagement um, right behind that other person or the other group of individuals, and they will be the winners for the month, okay? So I am going to give a code word in this segment, so make sure you listen out for that. You never know where it's going to come up, so just make sure you tune in. And then once you get that code word, you can either send me a DM on the Lex and the City Show underscore podcast page, of course, a private message on Facebook. Don't put it in the comments, please. Or you can even actually um, email it to Lex and the City Show. That's L-E-X-A-N-D-T-H-E-C-S-T-Y-S-H- ow at gmail.com so it's lex and the city show at gmail.com okay so again congratulations winners happy birthday birthday people and then i'm just going to move along in the segment and so like i said i'm switching up a little bit doing something a little different so for those who don't know i actually am a poet as well um one of my other god-given talents Glory be to God. And so to introduce the topic for tonight, other than the title, of course, I'm actually just going to read that poem for you all. And then I'm going to go ahead and get into kind of like what the angle is and the purpose is behind the segment. I'm actually thinking about adding this to a series of topics, and I will announce the name and title for that moving forward. But um, just I hope you all enjoy Here's an issue so complex, even more than some sex. It goes so deep, even past your intellect. Can't even live in the moment because I'm too worried about what's next. I'm cool on the outside, but inside it's like a tsunami. 
because although I could see her, I still grew up asking folks, have you seen my mommy? I remember running to her as a child. I only wanted to know that for me, she cared, but emotionally, she just wasn't there. I don't know if her absence stems solely from her own absence of love as a child or the fact that my father for a fact abused her, you know, every once in a while, more like every single day, not always physical, but we all know abuse is shown in many, many ways. So I think she couldn't check on me because she wasn't okay. And maybe that's why instead she found comfort in the ABC store. See, when they talk about my mother, they'll say she was an alcoholic, end of story. But see, even through her pain, I could still see God's glory. Although she unconsciously emotionally abandoned me, I'll always be there for her. But even to this day, I feel my mother who birthed me still doesn't even know me. And sadly, because she's alive, but emotionally dead, she may never get the chance to meet me. So just know that for absolutely no reason, I may cry sometime, but I don't need no tissue. Just pray for me, because in addition to those from my daddy, I also suffer from mommy issues. Dear Lord, set me free. Okay, so that was a little deep, I know, I know. So hopefully you all did enjoy that, though. Um, That was something that I just kind of rolled up pretty quickly. But definitely just wanted to dig in a little bit. So if you're still guessing, let me just go ahead and take the surprise away. And so tonight's topic is actually, it's called, I'm Sorry Mama. I based the name of the episode, of course, off of the song that Eminem came out with a long time ago. Um, And that actually was, sadly, one of my favorite songs around that time um, that he had. But of course, I don't believe that I ever had thoughts of, you know, murdering my mom or whatever the case may be, you know, Eminem kind of goes in sometimes and, you know, he's a little off sometimes and thank God that he's not on the drugs anymore and that he's sober and he's better. But, you know, back then he was a little, you know, a little sinister in some of his lyrics and stuff. But again, the concept is still, you know, I'm sorry, mama. And that's why I named the title of the episode that, but basically this segment, I'm going to kick it off. I plan to do two parts and I'm hoping to bring back a young lady who is a mental health advocate, who is also now a mother of two herself and a wife as well. She's the co-founder of Mom No Matter What. And I'm hoping to have her on part two to discuss these issues as well. But I'm just going to go ahead and kick off the topic matter for right now. And the name of the topic, like I said, well, the premises of the topic is Mommy Issues. Okay. And that is why I named the poem that. So just want to touch on it because a lot of times when we talk about mommy issues it's mentioned from the perspective that men um who struggle with having issues with their mother uh, whether it be that their mother was a little too doting um you know and maybe spoiled them so then you consider that a mama's boy or maybe perhaps it's the men who have mommy issues who actually grew up kind of like the way the mother was opposite maybe she had you know too many men or strange men around him um, didn't give him the love, attention, and affection that he needed as a child, didn't support him, maybe was controlling, you know, verbally abusive, all these different things, um, or physically abusive even. And then, of course, those men typically kind of grow up, you know, it's like hating, win, hating um, women with, you know, like a certain distaste for women. Like they love women, they care about women, they want to have relationships with women, they're intimate with women. But then there's deep down this um, feeling of insecurity, feeling of, not wanting to be controlled, you know, and then that just causes them to kind of <clears throat> go to the opposite extreme. What's not talked about as much, and then you have daddy issues, of course, and so 
that usually is obvious on men and women's part, which is, you know, the father wasn't there some kind of way, whether he was um, not there, he was taken from the home, maybe he, you know, was verbally, physically abusive, emotionally abusive, mentally abusive. Um, some people have even been sexually abused by their uh, fathers and things like that. So again, all of those are typically like daddy issues. What's not talked about as commonly, though, I feel, is mommy issues as it relates to women. Like, yeah, there are a lot of men who do have mommy issues, or some men, I'm not even going to say a lot, there are men who have mommy issues. Um, but there are also women, such as myself being one of them, who has had mommy issues as well. And so, of course, the terminology mommy issues is not a real thing. So if you just Google mommy issues or something like that, or mother issues with your mother, you probably won't find anything as far as a definition, but I did find a really good um, post article, blog post that I'm going to read over because, I mean, I saw myself in the article a lot, and so I think that it's really good, and it's, and so what I'll be reading mostly will be taken from a site called meatwife.com. It's called meatwife.com. So let me just preface this by saying, if you're an emotional person, <clears throat> which we all have emotions, so don't take that the wrong way. But I mean, if you're a person who is like, you say you're a crier, <clears throat> excuse me, you all, I promise I'm not sick. I probably just need to drink some water. My stomach, I mean, my um, throat is a little dry. So just give me one second. But I was going to say, so if you're actually a crier, like if you typically cry when you um, reach certain levels, revelations and things like that, then I would definitely just say grab the tissues now. If this is things that you've never heard of, but you can see yourself and you think you might get emotional about it, then just be prepared for that. Um, prayerfully, you have your own relationship with the Lord and you can pray. Maybe you have some accountability partners, other people you can share this content and conversation with that can kind of support you because hopefully this will touch you in a way. And then, of course, if you see someone else in what I'm speaking about, then definitely please share the um, the, the episode. But then I plan to come back and then we can dig in a little bit more. I'm going to tell a little bit of my story tonight. Um, and then I'm going to wrap it all up and then definitely we'll revisit everything again. Um, even in summary, when I bring on the guests for the next part of the segment. Okay, so basically to just go ahead and talk about how it should be, you know, and I know that the majority of the people who probably listen to this podcast might be people of color, and that's fine. And um, actually, I think it may be possibly even mostly women. However, at the end of the day, everyone has been a child at some point. So that's that goes across racial barriers right there. Um, some of you who listen and who have been children are now also parents. And, and, and especially if you're a parent of smaller children, I really want you to listen because if you've never been familiar with these issues, but you struggle with them, if you do not address them, you will continue to pass these things down to your children. And to be quite honest, I don't have children, and I'm grateful that I don't. And I really feel like that is something that God just had his hand on me for and just had grace on me because he just did not want to allow those generational curses to continue on through my bloodline, you know, through, through my part of the family. And I'm grateful for that. Now, looking back on it, you know, being in my 30s, I struggle sometimes with, you know, one in a family and things like that. But, I mean, I would rather be at the most healthy place that I possibly can when trying to raise and rear children 
than to be at the place that I have been, you know, um, that, that's a no, you know, that's a no for me because, um, the bottom line is some, like some parents, some kids aren't even being raised depending on your age group. I know my parents are old school. They come from down South North Carolina and we, they were, I don't know where this thing came from. The children are to be seen and not heard. You know, but that was just a common thing, especially in the African-American community from where my parents came from, being in their, they're in their 70s now. So, you know, they old school, old school. It was like children ought to be seen and not heard. So we grew up not having a voice. We grew up not feeling comfortable having an opinion, you know, having feelings. You know, it was just, it just wasn't accepted. And when we look back at it, me and my, some of my, me and my siblings have conversations about it. I think to a certain extent, that was the best and only way I think that some of these things were taught to our parents. I'll just say this before I just go ahead and finally get into the topic matter. Um, I think some of these things that we were taught, even down to the things that we eat um, in the black community, a lot of it was just taught and passed and handed down, actually as as survival, you know, as, as a way to survive. I assume that that whole thing about children ought to be seen and not heard and all those things probably was a survival thing because think about it as slaves you know and then the slaves had children to protect the children probably from the slave masters and stuff the parents just told them you do you, you listen be quiet no you you can't cry you don't you don't have an opinion you don't know you know so that they can survive unfortunately <laughs> it's not working for us now all of these different things that that are that was handed down these traditions these family secrets they are now harming us in our adulthood. Then some of us who, again, have already stepped into parenthood, those things are now being passed down to your children. And then this is what's going out into the world. This is what's going out into our communities. These are the people who are in the workplaces, you know, the churches. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hot mess. So I think at this point, God is really dealing with everyone and everything on the earth right now anyway in his own way and then I think that he really wants us to get these relationships including our relationship with him in order but then also our relationships with one another okay so that is really my main desire and goal with this I just hope if you don't take anything else away just take away from the fact that you have to heal you know there's a quote that says that you can't heal what's not revealed God can't heal what's not revealed so we can no longer continue to sit around and act as if things don't bother us, things don't affect us. We're only human, and of course, things do have an impact, okay? So, I said all that to say, both parents actually have, according to this article as well, and I agree, both parents have an influence in the development in their child's personality. Um, you kind of program your kids. Our parents programmed us by how they treated us. Um, it's a well-known fact that a lot of emotional disorders, deviations in behaviors, and psychological problems stem from a person's childhood. The level of closeness with each of the parents determine the main traits of the child's character and the way that we build relationships with the opposite sex. Mommy issues are, stem from factors that the mother is more distanced from the daughter. Um, such as maybe she was working a lot or she just was emotionally cold. Moms shape their daughter's perception of the opposite sex, which I didn't know that, but that makes sense. And the attitude um, towards emotional intimacy. 
The quality of the relationship between a mother and a daughter determines the level of openness, trust, and understanding in a girl's relationships with men. Listen, ladies, if she gets a corrupted image of a man-daughter relationship, it affects her relationship with men, as was the case with me. Um, my parents did not get along most of my life. I never actually saw them be very affectionate or affectionate at all, if any, to one another. Not in that way. Um, you know, I overheard some things, but I mean, you know, kissing, hugging, holding each other, you know, different things like that. I didn't, I didn't see those things coming up. And I struggle with that. I struggle with affection in my relationships with men sometimes. I mean, I've learned to get past it, but it was really a struggle for me for a long time. Okay, so here's some mommy issue. I'm going to get into some mommy issue signs right quick. Okay. And really the main reason that I'm choosing to disclose these signs is because for some of you, you've never thought or considered, you know, that some of your issues, especially women, listen, and the women, oh my gosh, because I can't continue to say it's black women just because that has been my experience. Um, I'm sure cattiness, clickiness, you know, they made the the movie uh, Mean Girls for a reason. You know, I'm pretty sure that that's a common thing in groups of women in general. But I just know for myself, personally speaking, I know us as black women, we have this thing where we size each other up. You know, it's this automatic, you know, it's a, it's a thing, you know. And it's like, and every time I go around a woman, I immediately can tell, most of the time, not every time. But a lot of the times I can tell that's happening. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And it's just like a roll in my eyes type thing. But one of the main signs, and I believe this is the reason that women size one another up, or people do that in general, is insecurities. Yes, insecurities. We all have them. Insecurities. Um, Criticize. If you were criticized, reproached, or ignored, then you have an automatic lack of confidence. And I believe, again, this plagues a lot of female relationships, you know. Um, I know for me personally, I have even felt this in the area of business as far as insecurity. And it's amazing because the more God helps me to see my position and my place and my role, and I'm okay with that. You know, that's what it is. Like, it's kind of like you have to get to the point where you're just okay with who you are, what you look like, what you bring to the table, good and bad, you know, um, and then just live in that truth and live in that space. And just understand that if you want to change, you can change. And then start putting forth the effort to change. But it's no need to um, sit there and kind of like the Bible tells us not to covet. Sit there and kind of like covet someone else's success, someone else's um, confidence or whatever it is you think that someone else has that you don't. You know, everyone is different. But of course, that's not easy for a person who grew up being criticized. I mean, I it was it was like that on both sides. From both of my parents, I think most of my dad, but there was definitely a lot of criticism and judgment and things like that happening in the household. Trust issues. It's hard to make new friends, ladies. For those of you like, I don't do friends. I don't, I know for me, I've been guilty of saying I don't have best friends. Well, <laughs> that came from somewhere, you know, and actually for me, it didn't start with the issues with my mother per se, because I actually have had a history of best friends. It came from having fights with both my best friends. So to me, it began to feel like the term best friend became like a, um, what do they call that? A jinx, right? So then I just stopped using it. 
And it's and it's amazing that most of the friendships that I have have been ongoing friendships, long term relationships and stuff. And I don't call, I don't really use the term best friend. But I'm praying on that. So again, trust issues. You always doubt your relationship with others. Um, you can't totally trust people who treat you well because you apprehend that it'll change. You know, like if you had, I know my mother relationship, it was back and forth, up and down most of my life. So then you kind of always have this, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop type of mentality. Um, inability to establish an emotional connection. You're often asking yourself if a person is your real friend. I've been guilty of that, definitely. Always questioning, always got my little side eye going on. Um, Problems saying no to people, or you end up getting too clingy. And the results of the, in, 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 in the, um, the inability to establish an emotional connection ends up resulting in emotional, a fear of emotional intimacy. So not wanting to be vulnerable. Right. That's pretty much what that is. Um, Also, it says that you end up avoiding profound relationships. And I'm just going to read this one. It says women that show the signs of mommy issues want to be loved and happy in a relationship. But at the same time, they are afraid of entering a relationship. They are afraid that it won't work out and they will be left feeling frustrated and miserable. Usually that fear is stronger than the desire to be in a loving relationship. As a result, such women choose to avoid relationships, craving them deep down. So, quick segue real quick. Um, I can definitely speak to this whole avoiding profound relationships. I can remember um, a few years ago before I got into my relationship with my ex that I was with for about two and a half years and we were engaged and everything like that. I remember being in my kitchen um, and I remember just thinking to myself, Man, I'm solo. I'm single. I've been this way for a while. Um, I've had encounters, of course, with, with, you know, guy friends or whatever the case may be. I've been on a few dates. You know, I have people I talk to here and there, but I had a hard time just having a relationship. I don't think I've ever, my whole life before my relationship with my ex, had a relationship that consistently lasted for longer than six, longer than six months. You know, it's funny they came up with this term now called the cancel culture. But I'm not actually a part of the cancel culture anymore. But I think I did enough canceling in my in my in my former years, <laughs> you know. And I just learned to, you know, mature from that. I'm always feeling like I gotta cut everything and everybody off at the first sign of somebody offending me, hurting me, my feelings, making me feel some type of way. People we also don't know a lot of times we're not great at conflict resolution. So I don't know, that can be maybe another episode, but that's something else that, you know, we can do better at you know, to salvage some of these um, relationships. But anyway, I remember being in the kitchen and just having an emotional moment. And I kind of just prayed and cried out to God because I was asking him, like, why is it that I can't have these relationships and I can't have an authentic relationship? And he said a lot to me in that moment. And it was very emotional, but it was very um, eye-opening for me as well. But one key thing that he said to me was because of the way you view yourself. You know, you don't view yourself properly. You don't view yourself the way that I see you. And therefore, you kind of pretty much settle, you know, and you attract certain men even because you don't have a healthy view of yourself. Well, why didn't I have a healthy view of myself? Because I didn't have a great foundation when it came to that. 
You know, I didn't have anyone that was available to pour and speak life into me and speak love into me and tell me I was beautiful on the inside and out and all these different things that young women sometimes need to hear from their dad and from their mother. You know, so um, that was a big thing for me. So for a while, I avoided having a relationship. But ironically enough, after I came to agreement with God about those things and I went on a journey, you know, a little soul searching journey and you know, um, embrace my singleness even and, and chose to stay single until I found someone that I felt was worthy of being in a relationship with. And I want to say just a few months after that is when me and him, you know, um, linked up just kind of like out of the blue, wasn't even planned, but it happened. You know, I just chose to not settle. And that was one of the best relationships that I've, and like I said, longest relationships I've ever been in. Okay. So self-reflection and sensitiveness it says that you were criticized, so you overreact to what people say or do. Definitely guilty. I've been getting called sensitive all my life. Um, not as much anymore because I think I finally found a balance with it. But, you know, I don't try to deny it or ignore it. Um, even my sister had to come back and tell me, you know, it's okay to be sensitive. Because the thing about being sensitive is that not only are you sensitive to what people say and do to you, but you're also sensitive to how you make other people feel. So it's a double-sided coin. So it's not really a bad thing. But I think this is saying that you're overly sensitive, um, you know, when you have had mommy issues. And then, and I can attest to that. I remember working at Macy's <laughs> when I was young. Y'all gonna laugh. I was working at Macy's in um, Pentagon City in the Virginia area. And I actually, um, I was about 18, 19. And I had a group of women that worked. I worked in the dresses department. It was a seasonal position and around the holidays. So I worked in the dresses department. And I remember this group of ladies that I really actually liked. And one of them was way older than me. But her and I ended up still being friends <coughs> for a while. And I remember they would joke and stuff. And then I would get serious. And then it got to be to the point where they just stopped talking to me. And I noticed I would come into the department and they wouldn't speak to me and they wouldn't say anything. And I think I just started to feel lonely because I'm like, dang, I, you know, we come in, I come in, we kiki, talk about men, whatever the case is going on. And then now I come in and don't nobody want to talk to me. What's going on? So I remember actually asking them. And one of the ladies who were, was way more vocal at the time, but I appreciated it, she basically straight up told me, like, we try to joke with you and play with you and you don't even have a sense of humor. And that right there was eye-opening for me. Because I think up until that point, I didn't even notice I was so serious. I didn't even notice that I didn't know how to joke, that people couldn't joke with me, that people felt like that. You know, and I think, let me put a plug right there real quick, because I just only have a couple more things. And then I want to read some scriptures. And then I'll probably just go ahead and, you know, offer, you know, the salvation prayer up, which you all can listen to on your own if you like. And then go ahead and close out. And then we'll pick back up for part two um, when I have the guests on. But... That is also something that we need to work on as a people, I feel like. Um, I think as a community, people don't bother to hold that whole not holding one another accountable thing, that whole assuming that people won't care, you know, but then you want to always complain about somebody. You know, a lot of times we don't notice certain things when it's us. But sometimes it takes another person to be that mirror for you to help you see some things about yourself that you wouldn't see. You know, and people are bad at that. Like, people don't address each other properly, or when they go to address someone, it's in anger. 
and and rah rah and you know and fight and bang bang shoot them up and then that doesn't go well and the people never get the lesson you as the person never get an understanding of this other individual and that person never gets to see themselves in a different light and maybe they might not like that like maybe if you go and say hey you come across like what she said you can't take a joke i was like ah really because here it is i'm thinking i got a sense of humor and she's telling me i don't know how to take a joke and now they don't want to talk to me because they feel like i can't take a joke and I didn't want to be lonely in my department. You know, I actually was like those ladies. So I was like, oh, man. And that was a moment for me. It was a gut check. I had to get it together right quick, you know. So um, that was it. That, that's, and um, typically women who have mommy issues don't have many fe- uh, female friends. Only, only one or two friends. No surprise there. It says that they're a tomboy. I, I wouldn't. I always, I think when I was growing up, I called myself a tomboy. The only thing is. I'm not a tomboy because I don't love sports. So I know typically tomboys are like, they dress, you know, a certain way. They're a little rough around the edges, which I definitely was. But then they also, you know, typically like sports. Either they like to play sports, like to watch sports. Both. I, I didn't I didn't do that. But I definitely didn't grow up, you know, knowing a lot about makeup, you know, nail polish, all these different things. My mother didn't do none of those things. So I never learned it. I mean, I know how to do a little basic face now, and I probably am not even doing that 100% right. I'm sure nobody's going to see me and tell me that it looked like, hi, have a good weekend. You too. You too. Thank you. I'm sure no one is going to see me and tell me that it looked like my face is beat to the gods. And that's okay, you know, because I just, I've learned to adjust, you know, it's not that I don't wear anything, but I don't wear the foundation and all those things because I didn't learn it. And then now that I've gotten so used to not wearing it, I wear a little mascara and things like that. I just don't even bother unless it's a special occasion, which in that case, I might just actually go pay someone to do a face for me. You know, it's not that serious. But again, that's just one of the things. Feminist views. A lot of times feminists women who grow up with mommy issues end up being really, really feminine because you almost grow up anti-female. So you want to be so equally treated like men that you don't even embrace your femininity, if that makes sense. And I think this is a big deal because a lot of times this is what will end up having us have a lot of issues in our relationships with men. Because I'll never forget my old pastor's, um, first of the first lady, one of my, um, old churches that I used to attend, she said, you too busy trying, you wonder why you can't get no man because you too busy trying to act like one. If that wasn't an eye-opening conversation for me right there, <laughs> you know, because it's a fact. Um, and so the last thing that it says is that it, you find it hard to express our emotions. And then again, to me, that just ties back into the vulnerability thing. Um, because we were basically robbed of that closeness, which took away the experience of learning how to reveal what we actually feel on the inside. So we normally developed an I don't care attitude because we want to appear, you know, less vulnerable, unfortunately. Okay, so if you heard anything that I said and you feel like you find yourself that, oh, I think maybe I have some mommy issues. I would encourage you to look it up a little bit more, do a little bit more research, maybe even find some books. If you're already in psycho, you know, in therapy, 
maybe even bring this up to your therapist, okay? Um, <clears throat> maybe even bring this up to your therapist. But what made me even want to bring up this topic is because one day I was um, riding home, or riding to work, I believe, and I was kind of just talking to God, you know, conversing with God, which if you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, that shouldn't be foreign to you. You should be praying and communing with the Holy Spirit and talking to the Lord as well. So I found myself just having a conversation and I was thinking, I felt so perplexed because I was thinking, why do I struggle so much in my relationships? Why is it so hard for me? Because I have a lot of, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people. And I know that there are a lot of people that I know that probably genuinely care about me and genuinely want to connect with me. But it's such a struggle. And I remember saying to God, why is this so hard for me? And God doesn't bring up our past because he's forgiven our past. He has definitely brought me a long way from where I used to be and my emotions and everything like that. However, he allowed me to go back for a minute just to remind me, hey, you didn't get here on your own. You know, of course, he loves my parents just like I do even more. You know, he died for us all. So his son to die for us all. And he basically told me, you had you were emotionally banded by both of your parents, basically. And my father actually physically wasn't there a lot because he worked a lot. So was, in a way, I almost was physically and emotionally abandoned by my dad because he just was out doing what he had to do. But I was more so emotionally abandoned by both of them. Okay, so it's like you struggle with connecting with people. And even me, he's telling me, you know, because of that. And I have to allow you have to work through that. So just believe me when I'm telling you all, even though I am way more in the process of processing a lot of these things than some people are, and I don't mean that in a condescending way at all. Um, I mean it in a way that I feel like I'm healed enough to open up and share and talk to you all about these things because I'm not at the place that I used to be. However, Certain things that you go through, and then he had to remind me, there's a scripture that I always love called, um, it's Psalms, Psalm 27.10, and it says, though thy mother and thy father forsake me, abandon me, um, the New Living Translation says, though thy mother and thy father abandon me, then the Lord will raise me up. Because he saved me, I think I was saved you all by the time I was 13 years old. I feel like I was saved somewhere between turning 12 and then turning 13 because I was going from the 7th to the 8th grade when I gave my life to Christ. And the transition that I, I heard and the feedback from my teachers just in that matter of time was, I, was was amazing, apparently. But that was nothing but God. And so with that, I think a lot of the issues he dealt with me on in my in my former years, in my younger years, that some people are still just starting to deal with as adults. So that's what I mean when I say I'm further along in the process. But at the same time, both of my parents are still living. And they, you know, one is, I believe, is Christian and saved and has given their life to Christ, and the other one has not. And so, um, or that I know of, or doesn't live it, I'll say that. And so, but there was no, if you all have old school parents and stuff, even when they're wrong, they're not wrong. So it's not like there's been any apology there hasn't been any, um, there's been repairs in the relationships. Glory to God. I'm actually much closer to my dad now than I've ever been in my life. You know, me and him developed quite a bond before I went away to college. So that's a testimony. Me and my mother actually can get along now. We don't argue. And part of that was just me when I was younger. God gave me a revelation about that and I had to stop arguing with her. You know, but that doesn't mean that those wounds, you know, were still on my soul. 
you know, and that I'm still having to, it's almost like an undoing what you know, you know, it's almost like going against everything that seems normal to you just because it's unhealthy and dysfunctional so that you can learn to be healthy and functional, if that makes sense, okay, so again, I'm going to say that scripture again, Psalm 27:10. when thy mother and thy father abandon thee, then the Lord will raise thee up, so for those of you who felt abandoned, whether it be emotionally, whether it be physically, you know, um, just know that God will step in as he did for me, and he will be that mother and that father that you need. He can be anything that you need, actually, but he can definitely, I can assess for him being a mother and a father, because that's what he was to me. I know for a fact that even with the issues that I have, they are not as bad as they could be if it had not been for God intervening in my life as early as he did, and me giving my life to him, even though I went through years of backsliding, and I went through still a whole bunch of crazy stuff that I didn't have to go through, because I still, there was still some gaps there, you know, when you get saved as a young person, as, a, as a much of a miracle as it, as it is, because God spared your life and saved your soul, if you don't have anyone to shepherd you properly, if you don't have anyone to lead you properly, my parents weren't going to church, and they weren't living that life, so I'm still in a household with people who are not trying to live how I just learned that I need to live, you know, so there's still a lot missing there, but God definitely fills in the missing pieces. He makes up for the lost time. He came after the one sheep, me, and I'm just so grateful for that. Okay, so um, again, I just want to encourage you all, please definitely stick with me. Um, I hope that something here touched you, stood out to you, um, you know, again, as I share these episodes, you know, share this, this, these topic matters and my different experiences, know that I'm, I'm in, I'm in the struggle to a certain extent with you all, you know, I have, um, we're all learning and growing together. And if nothing else, God has laid a burden on my heart where I just really want to see people be their uh, most healthy, best selves, you know? And then of course, God is definitely the, 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 um, main proponent for that, the main um, source for that, but, you know, just being able to open up and share and encourage one another, sometimes you just need to know that you're not the only one, you know, so take it from me, you're not, okay, um, and then again, I will pick this up, hopefully, with our guest, my guest, Christina Hansberry, um, next Monday, definitely make sure, again, that you're following the pages, um, if you're listening on, like, somewhere like Apple um, podcast or Google podcast and you're able to leave a review or a comment, please feel free to do so. Or you can just hit up Lex and the City Show underscore podcast, Lex and the City Show on Facebook. Send me an email at Lex and the City Show at gmail.com. Oh, and the code word is reconciliation. The code word is reconciliation. Okay. It doesn't seem like it makes sense, but <laughs> just rock with me. Reconciliation. And the reason I'm saying this reconciliation is because this, I want us to become reconciled with God and I want us to become reconciled with our, our old selves and our new selves. Like our past, our hurt, our pain, and the person that we're trying to be healed, whole, and happy. Reconciliation is the word, okay? So if you send that code word to LexandTheCityShow at gmail.com, you will get entered twice into the drawing for the month, for this week at least. And then you just continue to interact and engage with the page. Also, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, and as you know, maybe you've heard of him, maybe you know other people that are living for Christ, and you, you want to be about that life, then I definitely welcome you to um, repeat after me. And the salvation prayer is less than a minute and 30 seconds. 
And then I welcome you to the family of God. And then I, I just suggest that you get into a Bible-based church if you can. There's a lot. We'll find someone that um, is recommended maybe on YouTube that you can listen to in the meantime. And I just want to welcome you to the family of God. And for those of you who are already saved, hey, family. And I hope that you all have a good and blessed week. And I love you all. Remember that God loves you more. Take care. Stay safe and be blessed. Thanks again for listening. Peace.